was because of the vaccine that was given. And so the same is when we pray for individuals and we just pray that the right chemicals, the right solution, they find it so that it's able to attack the cancer the way that it needs to be to shrink it and destroy it. So it's important that we pray. And that's important that we understand that God is always with us. And that it's in, it's in a place of security that we pray. It's from a place of security that we ask God to be with us. It's from a place of security in our soul and in our life that we approach life. We don't approach it with fear and trembling. We approach life from a perspective that God is with me. God is with me. If God is with me, then, we, then the next step in this is our message today, walking in the Spirit. How do we walk in the Spirit? How do we walk in the knowledge that God is leading us and guiding us? Now, there are extremes to everything, and there are, you know, the extreme that says, you know, it's all up to me and my abilities to see, to know, and to make decisions. And other people, it's, well, it's all God, and I don't make decisions. God makes them all for me. Well, neither one of those are correct. So we're going to read today in Acts chapter 27... We're going to read, and it's a long portion of Scripture, but I, I want us to see how <clears throat> Paul here has made the declaration. He has uh, been, he was been arrested, and he made an appeal to Caesar that he needed to go to Rome, and so he was being sent to Rome for his trial. Now, he probably could have gotten out of this, but he felt that God had decided for him to go to uh, Rome, make this appeal. Well, in this whole setting of him getting to Rome, we have today's scripture. And we're going to start at verse 9 of Acts chapter 27. By this time, we had lost a lot of time. So in the first verses of chapter 27, they have been, they have been on ship, they've been on board, and things they, they just haven't been on schedule. Okay, the ship didn't leave the time it was supposed to. When they, it took longer to get going, and the ports that they stopped in, they they, they stopped longer than what they had expected. And so <clears throat> that's why we start with verse nine. By this time, we had lost a lot of time. We had passed the autumn equinox, so it would be stormy weather from now on through the winter, too dangerous for sailing. Paul warned. He says, "I see only disaster ahead for the cargo and the ship, to say nothing of our lives." If we put out to sea now. So Paul puts out this warning to the, the commander and to the ship's captain. But it was not the best harbor for staying the winter. Phoenix, a few miles further on, was more suitable. The centurion set Paul's warning aside and let the ship's captain and ship owner talk him into trying to go to the next harbor. When a gentle southerly breeze came up, they weighed anchor, thinking it would be a smooth sailing. That they were no sooner out to sea than a gale-forced wind, the infamous nor'easter, struck. They lost all control of the ship. It was a cork in the storm. I like that, cork on a storm. Get the vision? All right. So, <laughs> that's how Paul thought of it. So, when, verse 16, we came under the lee of the small island named Akata and managed to get a lifeboat ready and um, reef the sails. But rocky shores uh, prevented us from getting close. We only managed to avoid them by throwing out drift anchors. 
Next day, on the high seas again and badly damaged now by the storm, we dumped the cargo overboard. So we can see it's progressing. It's getting worse. The third day, the sailors lightened the ship further by throwing off the tackle and the provisions. It had been many days since we had seen either sun or stars. Wind and waves battered us unmercifully, and we lost all hope of rescue. With our appetite for both food and life long gone, Paul took his place in the midst and said, Friends, you really should have listened to me back in Crete. <laughs> we could have avoided all this trouble and trial, but there is no need to dwell on that now. From now on, things are looking up. I can assure you that there'll not be a single drowning among us. Although I can't say as much for the ship, the ship itself is doomed. Last night, the angel, God's angel, stood by my side, and the angel of this God I serve said to me, Don't give up, Paul. You're going to stand before Caesar yet, and everyone sailing with you is going to make it. So, dear friends, take heart. I believe God will do exactly what he told me, but we're going to shipwreck on some island or other. On the 14th night... 14 days, they've been a cork on the, ski, on the sea. Adrift somewhere in the Adriatic Sea, at about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were approaching land. Sounding, they measured the depth of 120 feet. Shortly after that, 90 feet. Afraid that they were about to run aground, they threw out four anchors and prayed for daylight. Some of the, some of the sailors tried to jump ship. They let down the lifeboat, pretending they were going to set out uh, more anchors for the bow. Paul saw through their disguise or their guise and told the centurion and his soldiers, if these sailors don't stay with the ship, we're all going to drown. So the soldiers cried, so the soldiers cut the lines to the lifeboat and let it drift off. With dawn about to break, Paul called everyone together and proposed breakfast. This is the 14th day we've gone without food. None of us has felt like eating. But I urge you to eat something now. You'll need strength for the rescue ahead. You're going to come out of this without even a scratch. He broke the bread, gave thanks to God, passed it around, and they all ate heartily. 276 of us. So this is no small boat. With the meal finished and everyone full, the ship was further lightened by dumping the grain overboard. At daybreak, no one recognized the land, but, they, but then they did notice a bay with a nice beach. They decided to try to run the ship up on the beach. They cut the anchors, loosed the tiller, raised the sail, and ran before the wind toward the beach. But we didn't make it. Still far from shore, we hit a reef, and the ship began to break up. The soldiers decided to kill the prisoners. So none of them could escape by swimming. But the centurion, determined to save Paul, stopped them. He gave orders for anyone who could swim to dive in and go for it, and for the rest to grab a plank. Everyone made it to shore safely. <laughs> Quite a story. You should write a, sto write a book about that, right? Well, walking by the Spirit. <laughs> Paul, it's, this is, as you read this, it's an adventure, Quite an adventure for Paul. Well, it's an adventure because uh, we know the outcome. Uh, before it's an outcome, 
it's a great trial. <laughs> when you're living it, it's a trial. I mean, you know, we're, we're out to sea. Nobody knows if we're going to live or die. And it's, you know, it's up for grabs. You know, it's the best that we can do is to try and stay afloat and see what happens. So Paul, had, Paul was arrested, as we said. He was arrested, he was placed in chains, and he was shipped off to Rome. And it was Con Air that he was flying. <laughs> That's a movie, Con Air. <laughs> but it wasn't Con Air, it was Con Ship. So anyhow, he's on this ship headed for Rome, and in the process of going there, Paul has this warning inside of him, I see disaster ahead. He sees that there's a problem going to happen. Now, Paul is aware that his trip is not right, but Paul knew he had to go to Rome. Here's the challenge. Paul knows he has to go to Rome, okay? God said, appeal to Caesar, so you go to Rome. So he knows he has to go to Rome. But he's getting on the ship, and he knows this is the wrong ship. But Paul can't change flights. He can't change his ticket. Why? Because he's a prisoner. And he's lost his influence with the people who are making the decisions. He's just a convict, He's a convict who is this preacher, this missionary, who has an instinct inside of him that is connected to God, and he knows he's supposed to go to Rome, and he knows the ship is doomed. Hmm. Wrong ship, right direction. Did you ever know something before it happened? Now, most of you ladies should go, yeah, yeah I know, <laughs> yeah. You know, him. I knew he was going to do that before he did it. You know, he's just dumb like that, you know. <laughs> or, I know, she, he, she, you know, she's just that way. We're not talking about that kind of knowing, all right? It's not like the lady who every night told her husband for 30 years to get up. There was a robber downstairs. And after 30 years, he went down one night, and there he was, the robber. And he started to run out the door, and the guy said, no, no, don't run away. My wife has been waiting 30 years to meet you. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes there's, or the pessimist. It's, you know, a pessimist, it's always wrong. You know, they got one foot on the banana peel and one in the grave. They know something bad is going to happen. That's not what this is about. The feeling of something about to happen, and it's a divine thing. It's a checking of your spirit. It's a checking inside. Um, it's not, I just kind of laughed the other, not laugh, but there, we were at a basketball game. It was the girls' basketball game. And uh, one of the mothers won't watch her daughter shoot foul shots because she knows if she watches, she'll miss. <laughs> so she don't watch. And she didn't watch all and her daughter was six for six. I mean, you know, you know, it doesn't lie. It's just like that crazy beer commercial or something, you know, where they know that if a certain song is playing, that the team is going to win. And if, they, if it's not playing, they do bad. So they play the song, you know. People are always looking for where, you know, about hockey players. They all wear the, you know, people, they wear the same socks. They wear the same jersey. They wear whatever, you know, that's the thing they wear all the time. It's kind of like a security blanket. It's a security. If you do this, you win. If you don't do it, you lose. And people become all caught up in this. 
And what happens when you lose? Well, I must not have put them on right, or I didn't wash them right, or I, I washed them. That was the problem, you know. <laughs> well, the feeling of something about to happen. It can be good. It can be bad. There's something going on here. Well, if you feel a certain thing and it doesn't happen, see, the idea is, what is God saying? What is God doing? Why would God be, and the question is, why would God be leading us in that direction? What is it that God is trying to tell us? Because it isn't so much whether it's good or bad. You know, we would look at this situation with, with Paul and we'd say, well, this is a pretty bad situation. You know, he's on his way to Rome, but he's on the wrong ship. Something's, God has messed something up here. No, God hasn't messed anything up. And because we know something difficult is ahead of us doesn't mean that we're not supposed to take that route. <laughs> you see, there are many reasons why God allows us to know certain things before it happens. Now, this is about relationship with God. This isn't about, you know, if you play these certain numbers, you're going to win the lottery. <laughs> it's not about that. It is about knowing that God is leading you in a certain way in your life and that God is going to take care of you. There is a security in the position that you are entering. The security is in the relationship with God and God is letting you know it's okay. So Paul knows that the, this, they shouldn't sail the ship. But Paul also knows God isn't going to abandon him. Paul knows that they are going to face storms and difficulties but Paul knows that he is safe. Paul knows that the ship is going to be lost, but 276 men are going to be saved. Now, Paul has this awareness inside of him because God is speaking this to his heart. So he is facing these difficulties, and in the difficulties, he's presenting hope to the people around him. So in our life, we are seeing how that God is going to deal in us, with us, through us, and that we are to be at peace in the midst of the difficulties. Now, if we don't have the assurance, it doesn't mean that God isn't there. It's like Paul. He knew the ship was headed for disaster, and no one would listen to him. And he had no choice. He was a prisoner. You know, you, he can't get off. <laughs> Guys, can I get the next one? <laughs> you know, I'd like to take the next ship out, you know, to Rome, because, you know, this one's not going to make it. Well, what was he to do? He's a prisoner. He's in chains. He has no influence. So what is Paul doing? He's riding out the outcome. <laughs> He's riding the outcome. He's riding it out. Well, he should get off. He can't. He should change course. He can't. Certain, it's like things are set in motion and we've got to go through them, we've got to continue them, but it doesn't mean that we're not at peace. That we know that God is with us and he is going to see us through. Most often, whenever we seek guidance, we take a vote. What do you think we should do? You know, what do you think? And, you know, I, I always, whenever, whenever I counseled, not always, but I would, you know, people would say, I don't know what I should do. This one says this, this one says this, and I say... You know what you do? You write a question in a newspaper and ask people to send their yes or no answer to this address and let people decide what you should do. <laughs> it's like, 
Nobody ever did that. So, you know, it's like we're putting it up for a vote for everybody to, to make a decision. We seek guidance in many ways through our knowledge, and that's a good thing. We, we seek guidance through um, what we see, what we understand, you know, preparation, all these things. Those are good things. Walking by the Spirit is not canceling out what were you thinking? <laughs> no, it's not that. That we know certain facts, we know certain things, and we're going in a certain direction, but in that moment, there's this check in our spirit that says, no, don't go there. No, don't do that. That's when we have that challenge. Now, again, been with people, well, I made a mistake once, I'm never going to make a mistake again. That's not a check of the spirit. Okay? That's fear. There was this, um, these individuals, this was in Texas many years ago, and uh, there was this financial firm, and they were investing in, it was, I think it was in Houston, and they were investing, and they were approached to invest lots of money with other top, they had a list of all the people in town that were um, participating in this business venture, and everything looked great. I mean, these are, these are big wheels, big deals, and everybody who's anybody was on that list. And so these individuals, their firm was going to, you know, jump on board with the rest of the people. But before they made their decision, they prayed. And before they made the decision, they prayed, and God, inside, they said, you know what, everything is great, everything looks good, we can't see anything wrong with this, but you know what, we're going to pass on this. <laughs> a few years later, there was this major lawsuit. There was, <laughs> it was a big major hassle or whatever, a scam that someone had put on. And the, the, of course, these people had lost millions of dollars, but the people who said, had the check in their spirit knew not to do this. You see, the check of the spirit is not feelings. It's not the stars. It's not the cards. It's what God says to us on the inside. There's this, there's this like, you know what? I just don't feel right about that. And whenever we make that decision, we have to make it a decision based upon our spiritual relationship with God, not because, oh, well, something bad is going to happen. Always does. That's not, that's totally different than God speaking to our heart. You see, we judge by our senses. We judge by our experiences. We look at what we perceive outcomes to be. And those are all good. I mean, they're all there. They're all part of life. And if we think we're able to somehow walk in the Spirit that we never make another decision, and every decision we're going to make is only God's way of thinking, only God's way of doing things, and that's all that's going to be, and it's going to be disastrous. <laughs> there was a group that we were familiar with years ago. Um, they were like this. I mean, there was a group, and they were the most spiritual people in a community. And you, couldn't, you really couldn't talk to them without them telling you, well, God told me to do this. God told me to say this. God told me. How do you dispute someone who comes up to you and says, you know what, God told me to tell you this? <laughs> it's like, if I disagree with them, 
I'm disagreeing with God. That's not what this is about. Because if I have to say to you, God told me to, t- God told me to tell you this, that you have no alternative and no out, that's not God. See, God has a way, and if, see, if God speaks to my heart and says, you know what, Steve, there's Steve, he's looking right up here. Steve, you should give me $1,000. <laughs> All right? Now, Steve hadn't thought about that. <laughs> you know? Well, guess what? He's not supposed to do that. Because he's not supposed to follow my direction. But if I said to him, Steve, you know what? I think God has been talking to you about giving $1,000 to whatever, not to me, but to whatever. And Steve says, how did you know that? See, that's a confirmation, not a direction. A confirmation. And when God uses us to confirm things in people's lives, that's what walking in the Spirit is. Walking in God is speaking to our hearts. And there are times in our life, like Paul, he is, you know, he's made this appeal to Rome. Now, (laughs) there are some individuals who think that Paul was off base. Because in Acts chapter 21, uh, verses 10 and 11, it says, After several days of visiting, a prophet from Judea by the name of Agabus came down to see us, and he went right up to Paul, took Paul's belt, and in a dramatic gesture, tied Paul up, his hands and his feet. He said, this is what the Holy Spirit says. The Jews are going to uh, tie up the man who owns this belt just like this and hand him over to the godless unbelievers. And this was a warning to Paul before he went to Jerusalem. And people say, Paul missed the will of God right there. No, no. Paul knew that is what he was supposed to do. Paul knew that this tying and he was going to be arrested. He knew that this was going to happen. And it was, a, it was a confirmation that Paul, this is what's going to happen. And Paul says, I'm still going because this is what I'm supposed to do. Now, from our perspective at that time, perhaps we would say, well, Paul, he made a mistake. We would not have almost half of the New Testament had Paul not gone to Rome as a prisoner. Most of Paul's writings are from prison. And it's his imprisonment that gives us direction for most of the the, the New Testament. And so the warnings were a confirmation to Paul that this is going to happen, and it's it's not that God has lost control. It's that God is in control, and he's letting him know before it happens that this is going to happen. So here is Paul. You know, um, on this ship, and um, we know that God can interrupt our logic. We know that God can interrupt our thinking. You know, we put things out there, you know, make make decisions, and we, we do things. But we also always have room for God to interrupt. God... (laughs) Somebody said, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I said, it's not an interruption, it's a, it's a divine appointment. God doesn't have interruptions, he has divine appointments that we intersect. 
And in our life, God is intersecting and bringing together certain things in certain ways that totally make a difference to our life. And we don't know how they're going to happen, how they're going to transact, how it's going to play out or work out, but we know that God is with us. And in that God being with us, we have an assurance that it's okay. Well, how can it be okay? The ship is going to sink. It's okay. You know, everything on the board the ship is going to be lost. It's okay. You know, we're going to make it. God is going to see us through. So the inward witness is that you are praying for a certain decision. You are praying for a certain direction, a certain path. And we know that God will direct us. Just like the individual this morning saying, you know, <laughs> it's surprising how that all the intersections of all the people that I need to meet and need to work with and need to, for, for things to pan out in my life has suddenly taken on a different direction. I said, that's exactly what I'm going to speak on this morning in church. He goes, oh. <laughs> and I told him about the message. So something on the inside that directs a certain action, that is the inward witness, the inward intuition. Now, do we have it over everything in our life? No. Can, you know, <laughs> this group that constantly said God told them this, God told them that, they said, when, well, they pray, you know, when they pull out of the driveway, they ask God, should they turn left or right? You know, when they come to the intersection, should they go left or right? Should they, you know, every, every, everything is like God, you know, it's like, well, what do you use your head for? You know, what do you use logic for? What do you use reasoning for? It, you see, that's not what God had in mind by being led by the Spirit. When Paul, on his missionary journey, he's, he's taken off and he's gone on this particular journey, and he stops at this port. I, I didn't think of this as a story to use, in the, so I don't remember the city. But he stops at this port, and he wants to go to the other side, but he is forbidden. God says, no, you can't go there. It's a change in plan. But, God, but I have plans to go there. Well, in the plans, working out the plans, he stopped. And during that night, he has a dream. It's called the Macedonian Call. There's a man from Macedonia saying to Paul, come here. And Paul changed his plans at that seaport to go a different direction. So God led him to that point, and then his plans were in place. You know, he, the, the person who fails to plan, plans to fail. That's a Zig Ziglar. You must make plans. You must plan to do things. You have a course that is set. You know, you can't change the course of a ship when it's setting in harbor. <laughs> you can spin the wheel all you want, but nothing changes. So we set our course and then in that course, God has a way of saying, you know what, David, this is where you need to go. But God, I have my, char my, my, my charts laid out to go this way. And he says, no, 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 this is the way. And there are those checks, and there are those in that inward intuition, that inward knowing. So going in a certain direction doesn't mean that that's the last decision we'll ever make. It is a direction to go, it is a decision to go in a certain direction until we reach another point. Paul's on a prison ship. Okay? He's on a prison ship. Well, 
we would say, Paul, don't go. Well, the ship is going to sink. Paul, don't go. Guess what? Paul has to go. He doesn't have a say. You see, when decisions do not, um, when decisions are made, and it doesn't work out the way you want, we don't sit around and think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Because when we made the decision, we felt it was God's will. Paul on the boat that is going to sink <laughs> doesn't say, you know what? I blew it. <laughs> I made a wrong choice. You see, Paul could have been released and never been on the boat and never been on his way to Rome if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. But he felt at the moment that's what he should do. So we make a decision and we run into difficulty. Our logic says, wrong choice, <laughs> bad decision. And, you know, we try to set it straight. Paul warns the captain not to sail. The second, the second guessing of Paul, I should have never appealed to Caesar. I would be free, but God has a purpose for Paul in Rome, and Paul has to go there. Paul's inward, inner warning confirmed that a violent storm, a ship going to be lost at sea, and so it doesn't just happen. He has 14 days of a cork on the sea. They threw everything overboard they could. They lightened the ship, and everybody's frightened. They've given up eating. They've given up hope of living. And there's 276 men on board, and everybody knows they're all going to die. And verse 21, men, you should have listened to me. <laughs> Paul is saying, he's not saying, guys, I told you so. He's not saying that because... What he says is, I told you that the ship was going to sink. I told you, excuse me, he says, I told you not to sail. And he's using that as an affirmation in his statement, I tell you now that no one of you is going to die. He didn't come up and say, I told you so. <laughs> God doesn't do that. Paul says, I told you not to sail. That was the, the, the now we know why I, I had that on my heart not to do this. But I'm also telling you now, by the same God who told us not to sail, I'm telling you that God has told me not one of you is going to be lost. Take courage. The word of God and the encouragement of God, the encouragement, courage of God comes from that intuition inside of our spirit that is the spirit of God confirming with our spirit that this is right, that it's okay that it's safe, that it's going to be all right. Well, what about the turmoil? What about the 14 days at sea? They, they threw ropes around the ship, and they tied the ropes around the ship to hold it together so it wouldn't sink. And verse 23, Paul says this, Last night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. See, that's the security of the relationship. An angel of the God whom I, whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. You didn't make a wrong choice. This is the right course. 
right course. Yep. Cork on a sea. That's the right course. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. His life was more than about himself. It was about all the people on board. So Paul was making the journey, not just to get to Rome, but to save all the people on the boat. He would have never been there had he gotten another ticket. You and I being where we are at, going through what we're going through, is not only about our life, but it's about the lives of everybody around us that knows us and touches us and that we influence. There is this touch of God, influence of God, upon our heart. And sometimes, doesn't happen every day, may not only, it may be happen once or twice in a lifetime, may happen every week. God has a way of affirming, confirming what's going on on the inside. And this is exactly where Paul needed to be in a violent storm, on a ship, lost at sea, and people afraid for their lives. And there's Paul saying, everything is as it should be. Everything is as it should be. <laughs> Can't see the stars. Gone for 14 days. Can't see the sun. Don't have any idea where we're at. We're all going to die. No, we're not. It's all okay. Everything is as it should be. How do you know that? I know it in here. I know it in here, in my heart. See, that's much more important than knowing it here in our heads, having it all figured out with our logic. We need all of that, but the greatest affirmation is the affirmation of the Holy Spirit in our heart. We learn to know the peace of God and the Spirit of God in the midst of our trials. God will guide you in all the affairs of life, financial, physical, spiritual, all of them. He will guide us. It is the affirmation of His Spirit. God is building His church. You're His church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can hinder it. God has a purpose. We must depend upon that spirit. Paul says, I perceive. I perceive. There's a perception in my heart. It doesn't say I know in my head. I got to figure it out. I perceive in my heart. The spirit man knows the truth. And that's being led by the spirit of God. Walking in the Spirit. God leads us by His Spirit through our spirit. Our spirit is in communion with Him. He is our friend. He is our Savior. God will guide us. <laughs> Paul, I perceive. I know. It's going to be all right. Well, what happened? Ship sank. All were saved. End of story. No. You'd think, after all of this, Paul had been through enough. Now, the ship, they go into, the, as we read, they go into the cove, and it busts up and breaks up. And, you know, they all get to shore, and 276 people are alive, and they're all saved, and they're gathering wood to build a fire and have a fire going so they can get warm. And Paul reaches and pulls up a bag, a bundle of, raw, a stone, of um, sticks. And what happens the most poisonous viper latches onto his arm. And everybody sees it because it's right there in the fire. And what's the thought? Ah, he's a wicked man. 
He's getting his due reward. God and Paul holds the snake over the fire, drops in. Everybody waits for Paul to die. I perceive that this is the will of God. And when he didn't die, he began to tell everybody about the message of Christ and who Christ is to him. See, it isn't the trials. It's the knowledge that we have on the inside. I perceive. God affirms to my heart. And that's where our strength lies. I perceive God's spirit touching our spirit, giving us the strength. And no matter what happens, no matter how bad it looks, a cork on the sea doesn't matter. I perceive in my heart, I know God said to me, it's okay. We can go on. It's going to be all right. Amen? I perceive. (laughs) Say that. I perceive. And that is our affirming what God has spoken to our heart. Shall we stand? Father, we thank you that it is your spirit that speaks with our spirit. It is, it is an affirmation that we are safe, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the trial, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what our head says, no matter what anybody else says, no matter what the weather says, no matter what happens, there is a perception, there is an understanding, there is an affirmation in our spirit that it's okay. And it's from here, O God, that I make my choices, I make my decisions, and I walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to my heart. Thank you, God, for affirming your love to me, your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy, your direction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Amen? Amen. God bless you.